Hi, I'm Linda. And I'm Craig. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This is episode 147, or at least we think it is. I'm and pretty sure it is. <laughs> today we're talking about uh, overnight bus travel in uh, South America, especially Chile and Peru. That's right. So what have we been up to for the last week? Well, it's uh, been quite an adventure since we last spoke. Uh, we were in Lima uh, last time, and since then we headed up the coast to Trujillo mm-hmm. and uh, explored the, the two huacas there, Huaca del Sol and Huaca de la Luna, which are um, some really awesome temple sites. Yeah, we also went to the Chan Chan complex, which is enormous, really, really enormous, and they've been doing a lot of restoration work on it. And we got to see one of the temples and the Rainbow Temple and a really informative museum. Mm. Now we hung out with some uh, very cool couch surfers in Trujillo as well, had um, some good dinners and uh, good lunches there. I really enjoyed, we were walking down the street and we just decided to get ceviche on the side of the road. And usually I wouldn't buy fish from a, a roadside vendor, but I really like street food and there was a huge line of people. So we waited for ages and, you know, the locals were, gonna, were buying it and our local hosts were fine with it. So we got ceviche, which is like raw fish with um, a bit of spice and uh, it's marinated. So it's all good. And it was in like a little plastic cup and we got little forks and oh man, it's so good. So good. So from there we jumped on a bus, uh, 14 hours, up into the uh, the hill country and went to a place called Chachapoyas. Yeah, I'd like to note that this was the worst overnight bus journey of our trip so far. The, um, the, the DVD player was really loud, the bus seats reclined really oh, far yeah, back. We'll, we'll get there later. Yeah, we'll it was, there it was later. a special journey and very long. <laughs> but when we got there, Andrew and Mark and I went off to see the uh, third highest waterfall in the world uh, we went for a long hike to get out there and it rained it really rained which is i think it's the first rain of our trip so far mm. and my shoes are really really sopping wet now but it was a great <laughs> hike four days ago. and this was after a 14 hour bus journey of not sleeping so um yeah fun but it was good to good to walk and um I was acting as translator for from the guide to Ange and Mark, so that was quite fun. Yeah, now the main reason we went out there was to go to Quilap, which is uh, an amazing, uh, well, fortress-slash-temple mm-hmm. complex, which rivals Machu Picchu. It's it's huge, and it's really untouristed. Yeah. I think Machu Picchu gets about 30,000 visitors a month. They, um, said, they said Machu Picchu gets 4,000 visitors a day. And Quilap gets 4000 a year. Yeah, so it's really under-touristed, but oh my goodness, if you're in Peru, um, forget, cool. forget the tourist trail down in the south and head up here mm-hmm. and you'll just find great hospitality. Um, the tourism sector's a bit underdeveloped, yeah. which makes it awesome. It's really cool. Um, I mean, there's just like this little um, ticket office off to one side and you have to go in as you know it's the size of like a closet with one person sitting inside and you know you kind of have to move your way it's just not developed at all but it's so good Mm. and it means the ticket prices are really cheap we did a tour and we did a tour so that basically paid for our um our transport and the guide to show us around which was definitely worthwhile and then we had to pay for the tickets separately but it was just not that expensive at all and today we're recording in uh, Chiclayo, which is um, back also coast. back on the coast, um, like Trujillo was. And um, yeah, today we went to see the um, El Senor de Cipan uh, Museum, which was very impressive. It was really cool. And what I liked was that it was all in Spanish, so it was like a Spanish lesson for me. <laughs> <laughs> now, this site, um, like all the sites up here, it was only recently found in the late 1980s, was uh, rediscovered. And it's just... Fantastic! The archaeological sites and museums up here in the uh, the north northwest of Chile, uh, sorry, northwest of Peru, are just 
It's amazing. It's amazing. If you're a history, if you're interested in history at all, even like the slightest glimmer, it's amazing. It's amazing. So we're going to talk about uh, getting around this country today and also what we learned about getting around Chile. Yeah, because the distances uh, are immense, aren't they? they I mean, are. You look at a map and you're like, okay, so that's South America. But when you get here and you're like, okay, well, I want to get between that city and that city. And you find out that between that city and that city, which are, you know, like an inch on the map, it's like nine or ten hours. <laughs> yeah. You know, you need to get an idea of what you have to do before you hop on one of those buses. So, of course, the obvious thing to do is to look into flights. And now we've heard mythical things about cheap flights, but... You know, a hundred US dollars to get from place to place when you're comparing it with ten US dollars or less for a bus, that still doesn't sound cheap to me. Yeah, I mean and the other thing is you need to book in advance if you really want to get cheap flights and we just really didn't have the flexibility to do that. We didn't have Well, no, we we didn't have the rigidity to do that. We didn't have the chance to do that because we were trying to be more flexible and we couldn't buy in advance because we wanted to kind of you know Play it by ear, really. Mm. Now, um, there's a couple of people in our group that hate travelling overnight on the buses. It's not that we hate it, it's just that we can't sleep. And so the next day, certain other people find it difficult to live with us. (laughs) (laughs) As in all of our travel companions. (laughs) Oh, it was just not fun. I mean, Janine and I can't sleep on the bus, so we found it very difficult that Maroney and Craig could, because they'd wake up all bright and chirpy and we'd be like, what are you talking about? Which is how I feel right now, actually, because we just did an overnight bus last night. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I've been a zombie all day. It's been fun. <laughs> yeah. So our rule of thumb now is if the journey's less than six hours, we're doing it by day, mm-hmm. um, which I find really annoying. I feel like my day is just leeching away as I sit in this tube. Well, we haven't um, been doing... Well, most of our short journeys have only been about three hours, and mm. there's definitely no point in doing that overnight. Oh, yeah, certainly. I mean, we have done one kind of nine-hour one-by-day, and that really felt frustrating because it was, yeah, a whole day. Yeah. And whenever I think back about what we were doing, I was like, okay, so we traveled from Trujillo to, or what it was, Lima to Trujillo. So that must have been overnight, but it wasn't. It was during the day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, but if it's longer than that, then we look seriously at overnight buses and try and time it so we're arriving after it's light. Yeah. Um, so sometime around 7 o'clock or later, if possible. Yeah, this morning we arrived. At, was it was it 5.30? Uh, yeah, it was about 5.30, quarter so, to 6. Yeah, I mean, the bus left after dark, so it left at 7.30 and arrived at 5.30. So we arrived at dark, and we don't really like wandering around the streets especially because we've heard that this isn't exactly the safest city in Peru. So we don't really like wander around the streets in the dark. So we just sat in the bus station with all our stuff and, um, you know, waited until it got light. Yeah, I mean, I guess my thing is travel overnight, get the best sleep you can and use your daylight hours to actually go and see stuff and it's to actually, do things. It's actually quite funny because we've been awake at five thirty, six o'clock the days that we've traveled overnight we've actually ended up doing quite a bit <laughs> yeah. i mean it's been a bit zombie like but we have actually managed to fit stuff in and the days mm. that we've had a good night's sleep we've been sleeping in until you know 10 11 and not really achieving much <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so maybe that's a good plan maybe we should try and schedule more things on the days after we have an overnight bus yeah so um you know i mean we're traveling in a big group at the moment there's five of us and um so these are kind of the group considerations that yeah that uh, you might need to think about if you're traveling down here. So if you are going to travel overnight on a bus, there are a few things you need to think about. So I think we've got four or five tips. Number one, you need to choose a seat because there are often a variety of seats. So um, 
there there are four types of seats usually. There's just a regular seat, which is like a seat on a plane. It might recline or it might not. And um, that is not that comfortable to sleep on. It's not cool. Um, a semi-carmel, which is what we've mostly been traveling on, they recline a bit more, usually about 65 degrees. And sometimes it comes with like an extend- extendable leg, leg rest, but the leg rest is still on a downward angle, so your feet aren't up, which, which is what I think I find the most difficult because I find it much more easy to sleep if my legs are at the same level as my butt. I don't know why. That's then, just weird. Well, <laughs> <laughs> there's a karma bed, which not all, um, all companies offer, that reclines to 160 degrees, but your legs still aren't, hor- aren't vertical. And then you've got the full karma, which is basically a bed. It reclines to a completely life lap position, and the person in front of you doesn't impose on your space at all. You, it's your space. Yeah, it reminds me of um, business class seating um, on some of the premier airlines where you've got your own little kind of area. Mm-hmm. So when when you fold, sit up or lie back, you're not... Yeah, you're not encroaching on anyone else and no one else is encroaching on you. Yeah. We've found that the the prices vary incredibly, though. I mean, just to give you an idea, when we were looking at tickets here in Peru to go from, um, where were we, Tacna to, to Lima, it was something like 120 soles for a semi-kama and 140 for a kama. So in New Zealand dollars, that was about 60. That's about half, yeah. 70. So it was an extra extra ten dollars yeah and then if you just wanted a regular seat that went right down to 80 which is 40 new zealand dollars and you know down to the regular seat which was 60 which is you know less than half the price of a comma Mm. as for me i figure that if the extra price is more than it would cost me to get a hostel bed i'd prefer to pay less and just get a really good bed when i arrive for a couple of days but sometimes that isn't possible and you just want to get the best sleep you can okay so when you're um buying tickets what are some of the things that you will have to do? Well, first of all, you need to decide when you want to go. Um, you can just show up at the bus station and find out when they're going, but you need to have an idea of what time of the day you want to leave, if you want to leave at night or if you're going to travel during the day. Um, and, you know, specifically what time the bus is going to leave, because if you know it's a 10-hour journey and you want to arrive after it's light, then you should make sure you buy a ticket accordingly. Yeah, you can find this information online, and um, both the Lonely Planet and Rough Guide guidebooks, which our group have with us, have got uh, that information in it. Yeah, and you should also know what type of seat you want, and ask about all the different prices, because, you know, it might not cost you that much extra to get the next level up, and if you're if comfort is important to you, then you should definitely look into it. The other thing to think about there is that the different styles of seat are on different buses. The yeah. buses aren't normally mixed so you'll have um, a regular bus with the regular seats you'll have um, like an exclusive bus which has the the semi-carmas and then you'll have like an executive or a platinum or some other fancy word bus which uh, has a combination of the uh, the karma and full karmas. Yeah, generally and one they bus leave at different only, times. Yeah, generally one bus only has one type of seat or maybe two types of seat. So one trip that we did, Craig and I had the semi-karma and Janine was upstairs with a full karma. But um, oh, and the other thing is, different companies use different names. So like one company mm. called a, be- a bed like a seat a karma, but actually it wasn't what Another, other companies yeah. call. So you need to make sure if you want a f- lie flat karma, 
make sure you ask specifically, is it a 180-degree completely lifelike karma? Because otherwise you might end up paying the same price but not getting what you want. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, Yeah, and also when you go to the bus station, each city has different ways of doing things. Some cities have uh, one central bus station and you can walk around and talk to all the different bus companies and ask them how much things cost. Other cities have different terminals for each bus station. So if you're going to walk around and go to each bus station, it's going to take you a long time. Now, I've noticed a big difference here between Chile and Peru. In Mm -hmm. Chile, um, most of the places we went, the bus stations were central. Mm -hmm. There were one or two places, mainly smaller towns, where the the bus stations were spread out. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the time, there was one central place. That's right. Uh, Whereas here in Peru, we have not found that yet. Um, everyone's spread out, everyone's separate. So you either need to do your research online um, where the websites are pretty tricky to Mm. navigate um, or just make a decision based on your preferred company and go there and book it um, or get on the phone or trail around the the different stations. Generally, it's best to buy things in person. We've tried to buy our tickets online a couple of times and have failed miserably, (laughs) Uh, mostly because they just don't like our credit cards. I think the sites are designed for nationals, not for international passengers. Yeah, how about how long before do you need to buy your ticket? We've found kind of, well, most of the time we've been able to buy that day, Um, but you pre-book your seats and um, your preferred seats are normally gone if you're buying that day. Um, a day or two days before is normally plenty of time. Okay, so normally there's more than one bus company running the routes you want. Um, there's been very few times where we haven't been able to find a, a second option for the route we want. But um, yeah, that does make it tricky with everyone spread out all over the place. So it's yeah. best to have, um, well, I think it's best to have a couple of preferred options. Yeah, definitely. And um, if they seem either too pricey or they're sold out, then you can start exploring um, others. How about in Chile? What were the bus companies we used there? We used Cruz del Sur, mostly for the south. We used Pullman, but they we've decided we don't like them because <laughs> they um, keep rescheduling our bus back to Santiago, and we didn't end up taking it in the end, and they only gave us an 85% refund. So don't but, go with them. <laughs> <laughs> we did have some good experiences with them to begin with. Yeah, we did. Um, who else? They were the main two, I think. And mm. then on the um, the ride north, did we use Ciba? That was in Peru. That was in Peru. Okay, so Peru, in Peru we used uh, Cruz del Sur once again. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are certainly our preferred, um, preferred place, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, followed by um, Ciba. Um, and mobile tours. And then, uh, yeah, we used mobile tours to, to get, get in and out of Chachapoyas. That, as far as we could tell, was the only option. Although we later were told that Ciba does do a, a journey there. Yeah, I think um, we could have gone from Trujillo here to Chuclayo. Mm-hmm. And then, ah, know, right. But that was the only direct one. But we didn't know that this, the bus went through Chuclayo at the time. So, oh well, we made the, de- yeah. the best decision we could and... Unfortunately, it wasn't the most comfortable, but that's all right. right. So when you're choosing a company, the things that um, you want to think about, first of all, is your security. Mm -hmm. Um, There, Peru, well, South America in general, has had a very patchy history when it comes to tourism. Um, But in the last kind of 10 to 15 years, it's really cleaned up. And it's, I mean, incidences of terrorism and kidnappings have just fallen down through the floor. 
Um, if, you do, if you just don't talk about it, that helps. <laughs> Every time I read it, I'm like, I was reading in the guidebook the other day, it said, you know, incidences of terrorism have really decreased. And I'm like, just don't talk about it. That'll make me feel a lot better. <laughs> yeah. We saw on the Lonely Planet boards the other day, um, one company, I can't remember the name or I'd say it, but um, have had the same bus driver has been hijacked um, twice. twice on the route down south from here to Lima. Yeah. Um, so that's a bit suspicious, being yeah. the same driver. And it's but, especially um, interesting because our friends have just gone to buy our tickets for that bus tomorrow <laughs> night. So. With an alternative company. <laughs> yes, with an alternative company, definitely. So um, security, I would say, is number one. You want someone with a, a very good record. That's and right. um, the companies that we've talked about today all, um, well, we didn't find any problems in our research. Um, after that, you want to think about your comfort. We've talked about the different seat types. Mm-hmm. Um, almost all of the companies, certainly all of the ones that we've mentioned today, offer you a meal if you're traveling for an extended period or over a meal time. Mm-hmm. Um, but we so, found in Chile those meals are quite small, especially breakfast. Mm, so don't count on it. We've always been taking food with us and drinks. Yeah. Sometimes people come on to offer you food. Like we bought coffee once. Coffee in inverted commas. It tasted like <laughs> toffee. Yeah. Maybe that's what he was saying. Toffee. <laughs> <laughs> toffee drink. But um, yeah, not very often. So you can hop off at some of the bus stations and buy things, but don't count on it. Now the third and um, possibly most important for your mental health is the uh, the CDs and DVDs that get played through the journey. Now, what we've found is that every bus company likes to entertain you as you travel. And so um, they'll be playing music as you get on board and as you settle in. And they'll put on some DVDs. They're normally um, poorly dubbed and poorly ripped um, illegal copies of Hollywood films dubbed into Spanish. Yeah. Although we have seen some some weird, weird stuff, like B-grade kung fu movies. Yeah, and, lots uh, of that. We've had three or four of those. <laughs> They've been interesting. And last night we had One Night with the King, which is the story of Esther from the Bible, and they played half of it, and then it started again. And then we watched three quarters of it, and then it was midnight and they turned off and we went to sleep. Now, the thing to note is that you don't plug in your headphones to listen to this like you might do on an aircraft, although many of the buses do have plugs where you can do this. Instead, they blast it through the speaker system. It's terrible. And it seems like every 15 to 20 minutes, they crank up the volume a little further. Like yeah, some buses do, like we were traveling by Cruz del Sur recently, and they did actually turn the volume off and you had to plug yourselves in. That was magic. But generally, they just play it really loud. I was, I was crying the other day because Night in the Museum was playing so loud that I just couldn't hear myself think. I was, my ears were hurting, and I couldn't find the stewardess, and ah, it was just so terrible. Yeah. Luckily, they turned it off at midnight, and I actually got a little bit of sleep after that. Yeah, unfortunately, they do tend to turn it back on somewhere between 5 and 6 o'clock in the morning. Usually when so, you're about to arrive. Yeah, but you still, you just don't get enough sleep. That's right. I mean, there's there's no way. You're, you're sleeping fitfully. Um, the roads in Peru certainly are not awesome. Oh, my goodness. Um, oh, the coast road is okay, but we were going into the jungle and out again, and they were really, really bad. They'd yeah. be paved for like 40 or 50 meters and then unpaved. You'd drop back down onto, um, onto rocks. That's right. Well, let's talk about what you need to do when it's time to leave. So when you actually buy your tickets, you should find out where your bus leaves from because it might leave from that terminal. It might leave from another terminal. Then when you arrive at the terminal, uh, find out where your bus leaves from within the terminal. Um, if it's just one company, there's probably four, two or three or four gates. But if it's the main terminal, there might be 20 or 40 gates. 
and you're usually given a number, like a range of numbers as to where, you, where your bus might leave from, for example, between 11 and 18. You yep. need to kind of watch all of these stops to make sure you don't miss your bus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've never heard an announcement yet. You no. just need to um, to sit there eagle-eyed and expect your bus to arrive anywhere between oh, yeah. 10 to 15 minutes early and 5 to 10 hours late. Yeah, yeah. One of our buses was an hour and a half late. It was spectacular. Yeah. Um, saying that, you should um, arrive half an hour before your uh, bus is scheduled to leave, especially if you've got a, um, a large pack that mm-hmm. you need to, um, to store on the bus. Yeah. In Chile, usually you just give your pack to the, the conductor or the bus driver, who will give you a ticket for it and put it under the bus. So you've got to keep that ticket, because when you get there, um, you need to show your ticket to get your, bus, to get your bag back. In Peru, there's quite often... a um, like a bag Like counter. a bag check. In, yeah. yeah. So you give your bag to them, they take it around and put it in the bus. And again, you get a ticket, so you always need to keep your ticket. Yeah. Now, we haven't had any problems with um, people going through our bags or our bags going missing, obviously. You would yeah. have heard about that earlier on. Yeah. Um, but I really highly recommend that you do lock your bags. Speaking yeah. of friends who have been traveling through um, the south of Brazil, Uruguay, into Argentina, um, they said they've had their bags rifled through mm-hmm. several times. And so I've been, um, as you probably know if you've been listening for a while, I've got a tramping style backpack which mm-hmm. doesn't lock up. So I've been putting my overbag on it, the same one I use for um, for international flights, mm-hmm. and uh, padlocking that shut just so it's completely sealed. Yeah, for sure. I don't think you really need to put away your harness if you've got that option because yeah. it's not being moved around a lot. Yeah, it's not going on conveyor belts or anything like that, which is the reason you you pack your harness away yeah and we strongly recommend that you keep your valuables on you um yes absolutely we have a stomach pouch like one of those money pouches and when i'm on a journey that i'm not feeling too secure about i wear that when i'm sleeping and i just keep my handbag kind of tucked close to my chest Mm. um, or at my feet like wrapped around my foot or something like that i don't tend to put it in the overhead bin because i just don't trust the people on the buses (laughs) Although the security has been pretty good. I mean, Security's been very tight. Yeah, they don't let anyone else on the bus apart from the people who have tickets. There aren't that many seats. And in Peru, they've come around with video cameras to record everyone who's on the Everybody bus. Everybody on the bus, yeah. So that's, I mean, it, it's a bit weird, but it, it made me feel a little bit more secure. Now, one thing we haven't mentioned is that you need to bring an ID card or preferably your passport with you when you're buying your ticket. Mm-hmm. And they take down your name and your passport number and they actually check that before you get on the bus. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is, you know, it's it's very good security, um, but they're also keeping track of um, who's moving around where. Yeah. And um, you need to take your passport with you during your bus journey. You should have it with Don't, you all the time anyway. <laughs> you should, but a lot of people um, will leave it in their bags. You need it on you because um, whenever you're crossing a regional border in Peru, um, there's a police check. Yeah, and, there's um, heaps of police checks. An officer will come on board and take all of the ID cards from all of the nationals and have a cursory glance at passports from all of the foreigners mm-hmm. and just make sure you're not overstaying. Yeah, it's not and, really about um, you, it's about the nationals. Yeah, so they're, they're recording. I don't know what they're doing with this data, but they're recording all of the people movements between um, between the different regions of Peru. Yeah, and there are like 24 different regions of Peru, so it's quite a lot <laughs> <Yeah>. of checks. <laughs> so, um, yeah, be polite, smile nicely at the, uh, the police officer, and as long as you've got an entry stamp in your passport, you won't have any problems at all. It's also a good idea to pack a bag for the bus because you're going to be on the bus for quite a long time. So it's a good idea to have kind of a care package 
In my bag, I always have a jumper. Although it's been quite warm, the air conditioning can, you know, vary the temperature quite a lot. Um, I've got my eye mask, headphones. I used to have an iPod. Don't have one anymore. Um, also, <laughs> some food, some drink. As we said before, they usually do give you food, but it's worth having your own. Mm. Um, what else? Yeah, um, a little bit of sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, some antidiuretic tablets um, yes. have been important. The water here is a, a touch dodgy, and yeah. uh, digestive systems haven't been um, all they could be. That's nah, perfectly normal. Also, if you have any medication that you need to take, take that with you as well. Yeah, sure. Um, thinking back to the um, to yeah. things like that, you know, I mean, just pack a bag with with forethought with, with about the, yeah. what you want to do for the next ten to twelve hours. Yeah, we've been um, using the time to read through our um, Spanish language guides, uh, watch some Buenos Antonces videos, yeah. and um, yeah, listen to to podcasts. Yeah. It's been hard to find decent Wi-Fi to download new stuff, yeah. so. Um, my my podcast listening list has dropped down under 50 for the first time in months. It <laughs> normally sits in three figures. Um, there's heaps of things you can do. I mean, Mark has been mostly sitting by himself because there's five of us at the moment. So he's been chatting with local Spanish speakers. When we were traveling with Moroni, I was having pronunciation lessons. That was great. Ah, <laughs> yep. ah. Uh, uh. Uh. No, you, you don't <laughs> no. need to repeat that. It's the most boring thing in the world. Um, reading up about our next destination, um, cutting those pages out, out of the guidebook so we've got them nice and handy. And so when you arrive, you're not toting a giant um, guidebook around the streets with you looking at the maps. Yep. You've just got a, a couple of bits of paper. Um, I've been really enjoying using my sleep phones because oh, yeah. I've... Um, been maybe listening to a podcast or something like that and pulling them down over my eyes mm-hmm. so i've been falling asleep doing that and um when i've been having trouble speak uh sleeping not speaking um, that's <laughs> that now <laughs> um, well i've been having trouble sleeping i've been using um a binaural beat which um modifies your brain pattern and prepares you for sleep wow it's that's a bit scary <laughs> i know it's awesome <laughs> um yeah you can find free mp3 downloads of binaural tracks and um yeah it's really interesting neuroscience i'm glad you're having fun with it <laughs> yeah and i've been experimenting with sleeping tablets <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i really want to sleep oh my goodness <laughs> haven't been working so far no it hasn't well i've had a, i've had a couple of good sleeps but um this last night not so great there was a really loud snorer it was spectacular <laughs> <laughs> so yeah earplugs definitely take your place. yeah everything you want for a hostel and so much more that's right so do we have any other hints and tips about um traveling and the buses here in south america especially um chile or peru no i'd say that the main points really would be think about your security first don't cheap out on security uh, number two think about your comfort and number three have a good time have a good time 14 hour overnight bus yeah, <laughs> good good times <laughs> good times well, I think that's pretty much us for this week. Yes, it is indeed. Um, I want to say thank you to our um, our big group of helpers and interns oh, that have been doing so much work to um, keep the web- website running and keep the show going while we've been traveling so much. Yeah, it's I been mean, really good because we've had we haven't had the best wireless connection. I mean, we've been really erratic with internet access, and so all of the work you guys have been doing has been so so good for us <laughs> yeah i think over the next couple of weeks maybe we'll call out everyone by name and um yeah tell you about their websites and mm-hmm. and what they're doing and um yeah cause there's some really interesting people on board yeah, with us yeah you guys rock <laughs> yeah, you know absolutely <laughs> yeah. 
smooth. Um, yeah, if you'd like to help us, to help you, we've just run out of um, hard drive space. We've been storing all of the video footage oh, yeah. um, that we're, we're cutting together from um, South America to make into the next season of Travel Talks videos. Um, we've burnt through 500 gigs of storage and a, uh, a backup drive of 500 gigs as well. So we need to um, replace those. We need another couple of 500 gigs of uh, video storage to, um, to bring you heaps and heaps of video once we get a chance to upload it and send it off to Joel, um, who's been doing all our editing. Thanks, Joel. Thanks, Joel. Um, but yeah, if you can spare maybe 10, 15, 20 US dollars to, um, to help us keep recording and um, produce the show that would be great uh, we'll put a, a chip in widget where you can make a donation by PayPal or credit card um, on the on the show notes maybe in the sidebar or mm-hmm. something like that um, it won't take much it'll just take maybe 10-15 people to give 10-20 to 20 bucks each and um, we'll have enough money for those two drives yep. and if you give a smaller 10 bucks we will send you a postcard ooh postcard yeah so exciting because <laughs> hey, nice. we're in exciting places at the moment so you know Postcards are cool. They are indeed. Hey, thanks so much for listening. Um, do tell your friends. Give us a review on the iTunes store. Five stars. Love those five <laughs> stars. We're in a two-star hotel right now, so don't, don't replicate that. Um, <laughs> and until next week. Travel well.